we'd like to remind you that if you are experiencing symptoms of a heart attack, stroke, or any life-threatening medical emergency, please call 911. Please do not delay seeking treatment during the COVID-19 epidemic. Most Providence emergency rooms are open, and CDC-required safety measures are being taken to protect patients and hospital staff. If you are unsure of your symptoms, please use our telehealth services and speak with a healthcare professional that can better assess your symptoms and provide direction on the best course of action. Please do not let the worry of COVID-19 cause delay in seeking out treatment if you are experiencing a heart attack or stroke. Every minute treatment is delayed can be fatal. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the future of health on Dash Radio during this coronavirus pandemic. We're lucky to have many experts around our COVID-19 topic and many guest hosts. Remember to visit coronavirus.providence.org for more information. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our broadcast. I'm your host, Brett Barrow, founder of HerFeed, a place for women to ask their questions and get advice. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always consult your healthcare provider to determine the appropriateness of the information for your own situation. If you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatment plans, please consult your physician. Participating in this event with this, clini this clinician does not create a physician-patient relationship. Joining me today is Dr. Robin Henderson, who serves as the Chief, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon. She also serves as Clinical Liaison to Wellbeing Trust, whose mission is to improve the mental, social, and spiritual health of the nation. Also joining us today is Heather Smith, Director of Caregiver Development. And today we are talking about planning for the future during these uncertain times, which there certainly are many of a lot of that going on. So uh, before we really delve into all of this, can we just hear from both of you in terms of what you guys do at Providence, what your role is? Robin. Sure, Amber, it's so good to be with you again. Um, you like you said, I'm the uh, executive of behavioral health here in Oregon, which means all things having to do with mental health, substance use disorders uh, in our inpatient units, in our outpatient, our, our hospital outpatient departments, and in our primary care clinics. Basically, anything having to do with mental health, uh, I've got my hands in and my team's got their hands in, and that's what we do. We're trying to bring mental health to people every day. Amazing. And Heather? Hi, hello. Glad to be here as well. Uh, so I have the distinct opportunity to share at um, and to serve as the system director for caregiver development. So what that means is, is that we focus in on the individual caregivers in all of our locations and what development may mean to them and how we have opportunities during their life cycle as a caregiver um, to really connect with them. So we connect at onboarding, we connect at our performance management and development review cycle, we connect and give resources at career development, and overall learning and we're a relatively new part of the organization so we're still laying the foundation and groundwork um, and partnering with our caregivers to see what's really key in their focus and their um, their needs as we go forward wow it's, it's actually really cool because you know robin and i have done some of these lives before but this is really interesting i think because we're getting we'll be able to get two different perspectives in terms of what has been going on in terms of covid um, i mean we all know that it is, has definitely impacted our economy and everyone is feeling the effect. Dr. Robin, what are some of the men mental health impacts that COVID, that the COVID pandemic has had? You know, as we continue in this really unprecedented territory of an ongoing crisis, 
what we're starting to see is a lot of increase in anxiety, depression, and stress-related disorders. This is a very stressful time. Um, and it can be stressful whether you're employed, and it can be even more stressful if you're not employed. But all of this, um, really, the unknown is, I think, part of what's taking the biggest toll on people. Things feel out of sorts. You can't engage in your normal activities. Um, we have to develop new habits around wearing masks and how we protect ourselves and the people around us. Um, school has been disrupted. So for many of us, we have children at home who, you know, while it would be great to be excited about the fact that it's summer, for many of them, it's been summer really since March. So the uncertainty creates a state of unease and that really hammers at our mental health. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And you were obviously talking about in so many different areas of, of our lives, you know, that have now been impacted. But Heather, specifically, in terms of um, this pandemic, how has this really impacted uh, people's job searches? And, you know, sort of Robin touched on this already, but, you know, how what would be your advice for someone who's dealing with the job um, insecurity or uncertainty? Yeah, I think it's, you know, interesting because as, as we think about what we're mentally dealing with and we, we're trying to plan for our future, usually we have some pieces and parts of that that we can plan for and we're looking forward to. What we're seeing a lot um, as we watch the peak in unemployment and then it's still, um, it's declining some, but still so much significance um, in, in how, how different it is over the last 24 months. I think it's impacting both those that Robin mentioned um, are still employed and those that are fearful of becoming unemployed. Um, or those that are unemployed. And so really, I work with a local nonprofit and assist people in finding employment. And what's really interesting is they're asking themselves, should I stay in this industry? Should I think about something? It's, it's, because of the fear and the desire to be stable, there's a push for bigger risk than they might have done in terms of a job change because the the it feels so risky where I am right now. And so seeking that stability is starting to have them think differently um, in, in those um, the folks that are making that move. The other thing is, is there's a lot of folks who may have been interested to make the move. They were ready. And because of the pause and everything, they're in this waited out mode. And so, which I think then leads to the second part of your question of if you're facing job insecurity or job uncertainty also I think plagues um, many folks just wondering whether there's the um, tangible fear that you can see that there's been others across the United States or across the world and job types similar to yours that have had job changes or you're just telling yourself this really concerning story of what might happen. So to answer your question on advice to those that are facing and feeling job insecurity, a couple, three things. I think first of all is talk openly with your leader. There's a lot of instances where I might not know for my team, or I might not be able to share some different things that are going on, but having the conversation will help to mitigate some of those stories that you may be talking through. I know that doing that with my own leader is very helpful just to ask, gosh, I'm concerned here. Let's talk through that because then you have a more realistic um, place to plan for. The second is really thinking about, and I'll, I'll talk through this a little bit more on some of the things that we're going to discuss today, but how do you show up in your, your current role? What's your personal brand? We'll talk a lot about as we're preparing for interviews. That That's very appropriate in the job you're in. Um, so we have so much going on. It takes a lot of extra energy and initiative to think about being your absolute best and being the top performer. So I think it's asking yourself some critical questions about what's needed on my team right now 
what's really helpful? How can I help ease the way um, as, as I look at a peer or I'm talking to my leader? And that may be the thing really that helps that, that connection uh, with, wow, look at Heather, look at some of the things that she's doing. She's really being thoughtful about where she's showing up. She's not trying to just overwhelm us. And then the third thing is prepare for what's next. Be thoughtful about um, knowing that, that you could do some preparation that would help ease the, the insecurity and the worry. That's that's incredible advice, actually, because I think it's it's so relevant, and I think it's so important for us to realize right now that you know even if we feel like we have that job security, perhaps not we there's insecure there's uncertainty sort of everywhere at this point, which kind of leads to my next question to Dr. Robin. In terms of this fear and anxiety, what are things that we can do to help sort of combat that, I mean, Heather gave great advice in terms of our actual jobs and our day to day, but in terms of our actual mental health, I mean, I know the stories I tell in my head could drive anybody, you know, insane at times. So, you know, I just, how do we help control that? So the first thing really is to understand that that fear uh, really is false evidence that fears be real. And they're the stories we tell ourselves in our head, they're our worst case scenario, they're they're all of the things that we make up at three o'clock in the morning uh, when we can't sleep. And that's really what drives that anxiety. So the best way to really combat fear is information and getting the right type of information. I know we've talked a lot about, you know, everybody's watching the news, everybody gets all kind of information. And it feels like every day you get a new set of information about where to wear a mask, how to wear a mask, can you go outside, can you come inside? Um, how many people can you have in a room, et cetera, et cetera. It changes every day. And finding a reliable source of information that you trust, that you can count on, great sources of information include the CDC, include, you know, in Oregon, we have the Oregon Health Authority, puts out daily updates, things like that. So that's the first thing, is find the truth and stick with the truth. But the second thing really is when we get into spaces like social media, social media often conflates things and and it's trying to get your attention so they may take a portion of truth and blow it into something that's really scary we really need to watch what it is that we're looking at on social media and see you know is this a reliable news source is this a reliable person sharing this is this just another piece of the hype that's designed to make me scared because there are people out there who are trying to drive people into fear so that they can run their own agenda. And really the best way to deal with that is to find the true information and use that information to ground yourself. And I think really the third big thing that we need to do is to take a break and give ourselves some grace. You know, right now in this time of uncertainty where everybody's pushing really hard and working really hard and trying to be, you know, the best COVID parent, the best COVID, you know, baker, whatever it is that your thing is, Give yourself some grace and take a breath and take a beat. Go for a walk outside. It's a beautiful day today. And just try and find those places of peace that are going to give you some grounding and some normalcy. And one of the kids that I was talking with yesterday on Talk To Be Well had a really great recommendation for if you're feeling anxious in the moment, sit down in your chair, put your feet on the carpet and feel the carpet and kind of walk your feet around and go, I'm grounded in the carpet and I'm grounded in the floor here and take a deep breath and then go back. That's, a, that's, I mean, I, that's incredible advice, especially for someone that young. 
Um, but I do think it is, it's so easy for us to end up in this sort of panic state of mind because there is so much unknown. Um, but that's, but I, I guess my next question is kind of, because we don't know what's going on, is it helpful, and this is to both of you, to plan for these what if situations or is it better for us not to and see how things, you know, end up, how, how things end up happening and what ends up happening? Because I think that from both of your perspectives, it might be a similar answer, but then also there might be some differences, especially when it comes to your job and your career. So I guess, Heather, do you want to start? Sure. So um, I'm a planner. So this one comes so easily to me personality wise. So if I take a step out, uh, so I'll, I'll take a step in my own shoes and then step out of my own shoes. So in my own shoes, I find peace in knowing that there's a plan. I joke with those around me that as long as I have a plan, I know it's probably not going to work out the way that I've planned. But the plan in and of itself helps me to be calmer. Um, I come from a long line of warriors. So it's part of my strategy. But I think what's critical to step out of that is the stories that we tell ourselves, Dr. Robin and I both mentioned that, um, are, are the things I think often we're combating day to day. And what is helpful, I think, for, for myself and my spouse and just our family as we're talking through evaluating what next steps could be um, on the horizon, those, uh, those key conversations are part of my own, you know, catharsisism is, is being able to think through, okay, who my husband, who is, is a much more, let's take things as they come and let's be really thoughtful about how we need to respond when they come. He balances me. So I think it, what's incredibly important about the what if is not to do them alone, um, to have some good conversation around different perspectives on those what ifs, because um, my what ifs sometimes are a bit dire um, and very, very scary and very um, uh, many, many things to consider and think through. But I do think that having those in play and then letting them sit. So if you're someone who puts things and to get them out of your mind, you write them down, you journal them, you put them on a wall to know these are the few scenarios that I could plan for, then they're there and you can relax in knowing that they're there and that moment of grace that you talked about, Dr. Robin, I think I need to remind myself to do that over and over again to say, Heather, we've got some plans. We're, we're okay. But I do think that that um, is critical as we think about all of these different impacts on our jobs and what that means. Because you can what if within your job, outside of your job, with your family. So in the job piece, I think the what if is trying to ensure that I'm planning ahead, which only makes makes me show up stronger as an employee, as a peer, um, as someone who's really helping to move our work forward. And I think that the, the process of it uh, really makes the outcome um, the worth, worth the effort. Dr. Robin? I completely agree with you, Heather. I, I think that working your what-if scenarios, but working them with someone. And if you have a partner, a spouse, that's a great person, um, a trusted friend, uh, but finding a way to take your what ifs and the one place that I would say, you know, I agree with hundred percent with everything that you're saying and the ad that I have in, in this is be careful not to awfulize. We tend to think of the worst case scenario and we awfulize around it. And eventually you kind of work yourself into, and if you find yourself going into that awful circle of, oh my gosh, if, if we do this, you know, um, the sky might fall, you know, you become the chicken little scenario where the sky is falling, the sky might fall, the sky might actually fall. If you find yourself awfulizing, then take it to a really, really, really unrealistic uh, far end so that you can see just how silly it is. And that might allow you then at that point to come back and go, okay, that's not gonna happen. The sky's not gonna fall. Um, you know, that's not gonna happen. 
but that allows you that piece of perspective to be able to come back and say, okay, let's talk about what really could happen. And I think the what ifs are a great thing to do. I think that's, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that there's definitely, I, mean, I think that the weird thing about right now is that nobody really does have an actual mm -hmm. sense of what's going to happen. Things can change on a weekly, you know, monthly, daily basis as we've seen. Actually, Heather, though, I do have a question for you. What is, talking about sort of planning and all of this, what are some of the things that someone can do who is feeling, who may still actually be employed or perhaps looking for a job, but what can you do to sort of feel like perhaps you are staying in front of this or you are staying on top of, you know, keeping yourself, I guess, hireable or employable or whatnot? Like, are there things that people should be doing to, even if they have job security right now, but are there things that people should be doing to protect themselves or plan for the future because we don't know what's going on? Yeah, I think it's really critical to have a strategy and one that is proactive and is thoughtful. And so even in thinking through the what ifs, that gets you to start considering what are some of the different ways that this might move forward. A few key pieces for me are as you, you think about the downstream impacts of some of the different scenarios or some of the different challenges that you might face, it helps you to start putting things into place now. So if I consider this for hireability or um, maybe just to ensure that I have that job security, um, one of the things I think is really critical, which sounds a little trite, but is a positive attitude. One of the things that we know with interviews and the way that we've studied them is that my attitude as I show up in an interview compared to someone who might have more um, a job qualifications or skills may land me that job, may help you know to connect me to that next project if I'm employed. And so showing up and being positive and strong, and for me, that place comes from being prepared. So the preparedness is to really ensure that I'm planning ahead, I can stand out if I'm in the job market, be that person that does the pieces and the parts that you've heard good coaching on all of your life. Customize your resume and your cover letter. Ensure that your social media profile is ready for job seekers to be looking at you. Take professional development, whether you're looking for, um, for looking for a job or in a job. And that can be an online class if you don't have the means to do that or if there's not one that's offered free. Look at articles, you know, really look at different things within the industry you're going to or the one that you're in so you're knowledgeable and thoughtful when you're speaking and talking through things. And then the other piece too is when you're in the interview and you're in the conversation with your boss or with a, with a co, um, a colleague that you're partnering with is just asking really good questions and understanding and trying to gain information because that's part of your strategy. So if I'm having a conversation today, it helps to frame how I then look at tomorrow. And so all of those are pieces and parts of the plan that will actually come to fruition um, in the future. And so a, stra a planful strategy and one that you're really paying attention and being proactive, I think is, is critical. Part of what I think that is, and Dr. Robin, you can probably share more about this, but there's a sense of control that helps me feel that I am, I, I'm a master of my own reality there for a moment, which I think is key. And that to me then makes a significant impact on that attitude, both at work and when looking for a job. I, Dr. Robin, do you wanna uh, add in anything about the sense of control on that topic? Because I do think that's probably incredibly true i mean that's incredibly true and and being able to have that sense of mastery that that thing that you own that, that you can control um in these uncertain times finding those things that ground us that really give us that solid piece that okay i can't control all of the world around me i can't control what's going on outside but i can control what happens within me and my family i can control my schedule 
I can control the fact that I get up and I shower and I make my breakfast and I exercise and I have a schedule and a routine. Do the things that you can control and that will help you settle down and be ready. I think that's great advice. Actually, Heather, you sort of mentioned about um, online resources and places people, do you have any specific recommendations for people? Yeah, a couple of thoughts come to mind. Um, there are quite a few blogs and that you can be in partnership with those that are feeling job insecurity or are looking for jobs. So just the partnership of there's great um, sharing that with this local nonprofit that I do just hearing people connect on ideas that's working that are working for them. So I would recommend that. There's also a significant amount of resources on establishing your personal brand or owning your job performance. And those active words, I think, are really critical. Um, there's there's a book by Mark Efron that talks about the eight steps of performance management. And it's very much about how I own how I show up in my role. Um, and then the last thing that I would say, this is a little bit of a nuance to this question, but for me personally, as I think about when I'm overwhelmed and managing multiple priorities at work, which I am right now, um, <laughs> I, I take a moment back. I think this is a moment of grace that I do for myself is as I'm working through the projects that I, I have in front of me, really relying on expert advice for key elements. So for example, um, last week I was working on a project where I was um, presenting a piece to our some of our executives and I've done tons of executive summaries but I was in a place where my mind was really just a bit overwhelmed and trying to think through do I have all of these pieces right and really looking and googling and spending time talking to a peer that does these well as a peer check to see do I have all those elements so um, I think part of this is is seeking the things that are the pieces you're in the moment of so if I'm resume writing there's a, quite a few um, of resume writing tips and tools out there if I'm in the middle of a personal brand, look for that. So it's less about the actual online specific resource, I think, um, Brett, but it's more about that I'm searching for the things that are for, for my work or my um, step forward right now and in partnership with others to move that forward. I think that's great advice, Heather. And actually the, about reaching out to a peer in a time where we are having to physically and socially distance ourselves. I do think being able to connect with someone and people do like to feel like they have answers and that they have you know, their own voice and that they can help you. So I do think that even just in that sense, it, could, it can help sort of boost morale a little bit, just knowing that someone you know, can help you or you're the person that someone is coming to for help. We actually got a question though from our audience. And the question is, how can I approach my boss about creating a professional development plan during this time? We're, we are stretched so thin during this time, asking about development feels selfish. Do either of you wanna take the lead on this one? Yeah, I'd love to jump in. So okay. personal development plans um, are critical all along your career. Um, and so what I would say is, is that if you haven't, if you don't have one, now is the time to begin and start that process. So my advice on reaching out and talking with your leader is first to do some, some of the heavy lifting and the work yourself. So what personal development plans typically start with is a bit of a dream space. You know, if money were no object or what are the strengths that I find that I bring forward in my 
family and my personal life and then starting to connect those to key job types and then into job roles. So you can actually do a gap analysis of where I am today to where I want to be in the future. So being able to map that out, part of that is helpful for you to have a, a good and strong conversation. The other piece of that is, is that it's about you. You're, you're not coming to your leader to say, hey, can you do this for me? Can you, you know, figure this out for me, which is overwhelming, I would say, as a leader when those questions come my way. And it's more about a partnership to say that I'm working through some of these things. I'm really being thoughtful about what's, you know, long term or short term. I'd love your advice. Um, I'd love to get your insights and your expertise. And so I think coming to them more from a human perspective as a partner and a um, maybe a thought leader in that area is, is the best way because you own your personal development. That's something that we each carry, um, that our leaders can help and play a role in that, but that's not something that they held um, the, their own accountability or the only accountability. So that'd be the way that I'd step through it is doing the preparation and then entering that as a partnership in a conversation. Dr. Robin, do you have anything to add to that? I think that really goes to that whole sense of owning your, I love the way that you talk about having a personal brand, Heather, because it really goes to that idea of agency, that you're taking control and you're the one who's driving here. And part of these personal development thing, conversations, not only do, do they help ground you in the job you're in, but they also help give you hope for where it is that you're going. And sometimes these can be very powerful conversations that help you decide that maybe this is a career path that you want to be on. And you can use this opportunity to begin to pivot and how do you use that expertise of your leader to help you pivot in the direction you want to go. Uh, Dr. Robin, actually, I have a question. In terms of uh, you know someone who, I think it's great if you are employed, but let's say that you've, you've lost your job um, mm -hmm. or you're, you, know, it, you do lose your job. How does someone still feel good about themselves? Like, what can we do to not let that totally derail us or drive us into a really dark headspace? I think some people, some people definitely feel like they are defined by their careers. Other people, you know, it, it, not having employment brings up stress, financial stress, and you know, planning stress mm -hmm. and whatever. So, how do we sort of? How can we as individuals help ourselves should we be faced with something like that? That's a really great question because right now a lot of people are dealing with that stress of being out of work um, or being, you know, in a position where your hours are cut back. And the first thing starts with something we talked about earlier. Make a plan. Take a look at what resources are and prioritize what it is that you can afford to do and really begin to take control of what it is that you're doing. So starting with that solid plan of what do I have? What are my, what are my assets? Not just your financial assets, but your emotional assets. You know, who are my touchstones? Who are the people that I can count on? Because I'm gonna need my people around me to, to keep me accountable to what is the second most important thing to really do is keep a schedule, set some expectations. You know, if you find yourself suddenly unemployed, that is gonna have a big shock to your system. And most people at that point are going to be, oh, you, know, you kind of want to lean back and just go, oh, yeah, into, the, into that kind of phase where things aren't scheduled. And that's okay for a few days of grace, of recovery, of things like that. But get yourself back into a predictable schedule and start setting some goals for where it is you want to go. Looking for a job is a process, and it's a very planful process that I think Heather can, can talk to you in terms of, of some pointers and tips on how you do that. But maintaining a schedule and a plan 
and moving forward is really the key to being able to control your destiny, control your destiny, and to keep that brand going. A lot of us are defined by our jobs. That's what we say. You know, this is part of my identity, part of who I am. But it's not the job itself. It's the passion and the career and the vocation. Where you do that vocation, where you pursue your vocation, yes, is you know the mission of an organization, especially the mission of an organization like Providence, can very much pull at our heartstrings and become part of our identity. But we can take that identity with us to another organization and still bring that mission with us when we walk in. And how we show up when we move into the next part of our career is really what's most important. So it's really less about your job, more about your call and your vocation. Is there anything you'd want to add to that, Heather? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that you uh, helped me to think through too, Robin, Dr. Robin, that we've worked on a lot um, in our work at Providence is the sense of personal calling and purpose. And that is something that we, as we think about personal brand is so critical. A lot of things that you find when you're looking on the internet and different searches about personal brand are much about your online profile, which is very important, especially in gig economy and just as people are connecting with you in a variety of different ways. But I think that what we're really digging in deep today on is, is what that then means to how you then connect to your work, which is critical when you're job seeking, because it's going right. to impact the type of roles you're looking for, how you even frame yourself in a cover letter, how you sit and, and talk about your experience, you know, in an interview, uh, which is extremely critical. So having that knowledge becomes um, a great step in emotional intelligence and really puts you, I think, forward um, in, in seeking in a job market. So I think both of you, that that was incredible. Um, and actually, we are actually almost out of time. So is there anything else that either of you want to add? I guess, you know, one maybe quick question, Robin, would be um, in just in general, what is there any advice you can give to families who are dealing with uncertainty right now, whether it's their job, back to school? You know, it goes to a lot of what we talked about today, the idea of making a plan and planning for time with your family, uh, with all of this uncertainty to talk things through. Now's the time where school's coming up in about six weeks. And for most of us, we don't know, is school gonna be online? Is school gonna be in person? Um, we've seen, some people have seen plans. Talk it through as a family in a family meeting of, of what happens if you don't go back to school full-time? What happens if you just go back to school a couple of days a week? How are we gonna structure and support you uh, as a student and as a family? for how this is gonna be different and how we're gonna learn uh, remotely. Cause I will bet you that most of us are gonna be in remote learning situations uh, with our families. The other thing is to start thinking now about what childcare is gonna look like in the fall and how does that work in your current employment situation? And what are you gonna do when you know that if you have a school aged child, they're probably going to be home two to three days a week, uh, if not all week long. So really thinking through the different scenarios and planning and talking with your leader about job flexibility now, if you're gonna need that this fall in the event that we don't go back to school. Um, I, that's great. Heather, anything else? We're basically out of time, but if you just had one quick little piece of word of wisdom, do you wanna just share it? Sure. The one thing that I wanted to share that I haven't already is really to look at your skills and then see them in a way that they can transfer to multiple jobs. There's so much richness that each of us bring and it doesn't, it's not defined by job title. So we'll really think through the skills and all the ways that you can contribute those in a, a new future as it may be for you. That's amazing advice and perfect thing to end on. Thank you both of you for being here today. And I hope everybody who's watching found this to be educational and informative. 
Um, thank you so much for again, you know, watching us. And if you're looking for help with your help with your mental health or other HR or medical advice, please visit providence.org. You can also follow Dr. Henderson on Instagram at Doc Rob Henderson, and you can follow the Her Feed at the Her Feed. Make sure to follow us on social media at Providence on Twitter and under Providence Health System on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you, Dr. Robin and Heather. And we'll see you soon. Bye.